0: Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend Day 2. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of from the tips it's me your boy brian always joined by my fantastic co-host rick landis rick how we doing good buddy doing all right how about yourself uh you know i've i've been better after this weekend which we'll we'll, we'll get into um other than that though it is red october go phils um, oh, yeah. a little rattled about the marlins that one doesn't feel great not super <laughs> excited there but uh Think all in all, it's going to be a good series. I do think the Phillies are going to win, but I think it's going to be three games. I don't think they're going to get done in two.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be three for sure.
0: The Fish—they're a frisky team, dude, and they notoriously can hit the Phillies. So that's
1: and they got Sandy not Contra not in
0: Game One. Ah, oh, god damn it! It's gonna um, be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough one. I would have much rather the Cubs or the Diamondbacks, but hey, what are you gonna do? I guess. Um, but you know, the Birds won. That was huge. Uh, I got a win in fantasy. So now I'm the two and two. Oh, yeah. Started the year 0 and 2 was feeling well. I mean, crazy.
1: Christian McCaffrey kind of that. Kinda I helps mean, that one.
0: that's nuts, right? Um, um, 20, I'll give you a third on pick for him. Okay. you just a, <laughs> a third? not even the 2025 third. Yeah. No, it'll be this year. Oh, my gosh. You mean it? Yeah. The value, <laughs> <laughs> the pure value. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco getting me 20, 24 points is pretty good, too. Yeah, um, definitely. How'd your fantasy week go? Uh,
1: one, one, both. I mean, I, I should win both, I should say. Um, I currently am losing to Bob in our other league by eight points, but I still have a linebacker to play. Uh, um, okay. So, assuming a normal football game happens, I should take that one. And then I'm just absolutely dominating Colin. You're a in, our, in, in our dummy right now, uh, 166 to 74. He only You're has, dumb. uh, He only has Geno Smith to play yet. My team went off this week, um, which was very nice to see because I am shooting for a victory in this league this year. You going Uh, for it? I got to figure out. I'm I'm trying to make some moves. Unfortunately, a lot of people in this league don't like trading, I don't think, because I've made offers to a lot of people, and they always get turned down, and there's no... Back and forth conversation, unless it's with John, Tom, Bob, and like I'm sure we could have a conversation and figure it out. But I think there's like, there's just people that have players that I want and I've offered them things and they just immediately decline it. And then I don't get any answers or any replies. Well, I
0: think, I think the major fear, at least for me, is to because like I know football, but I don't know it really well. And I'm Uh afraid of getting fully fleeced in a deal.
1: And just... Which is which is fair, right? But like, there's certain things where I'm just like, I offered, I offered you some some good stuff, and you're just not not working with me here.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's fair, and that's fair. We can we can we can put a um, I can put a little commissioner's note out in the chat and be like, hey, let's get this. I mean, it's up it's up to she. people, obviously.
1: Like, that's if fair. they think yeah, that they're, if anybody, they think yeah. that they're not getting a good deal, that's fine. I just don't feel as though I'm giving out bad deals necessarily, right? Right. But that that might just be me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think it's uh well in the case of John though it's more he's just trading to trade. I'm not quite sure if he even takes value into consideration. But he has, it. It.
1: I like the activity. Yeah. He's I don't a- even care if the trade is good or bad for me necessarily right. as much as I care that the activity is happening because to me part of the fun of this dynasty league is being able to trade draft picks, being able to trade potential future stars that you think are going to go and next year, two years down the line, be studs. You know what I right. mean? Right. Um So I don't know. Maybe it's just people in this league haven't done a dynasty league before because yeah. the other dynasty a lot league of us that have. I mean, yeah. the other dynasty league that I mean, there's a lot of movement going on because all of us have been in the league for like four or five years, whatever it is. They're so like we understand how the draft process works, everything like that. So maybe it's just that. I don't know. Maybe it's just growing pains, but. I, I like my team. I just need that little extra push. I need the Christian McCaffrey. I need the Justin Jefferson, in order to push myself over the edge. Right. I don't even need those guys. Like even if I had like someone like a little bit on the lower end, like even like an AJ Brown or like something like that, where I can cons- I can count on them every week to get me a good amount of points. Mm-hmm. I need something like that. But all the people that have those kind of players just don't seem to be interested in trading necessarily. And I think, I think it's uh, now that it's week four,
0: I think it might pick up because I was afraid of jumping the gun too early on moving players Fair, because I was Oh, and two, and now I'm two and two. Like, do I have a yeah. shot? Probably not. But like, we're in the thick of it now. So now I got I to gotta figure out, am I trying to compete? Or am I abiding my time until next year? There, yes. There's all there's all sorts of, of things that come into consideration here. And obviously, I think a lot of people just haven't been in a dynasty league in the league. So there's going to be a learning curve. A little bit, a little bit, you know, a little of that action going on. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I would say go. you had a 27-point Josh Jacobs on your bench just sitting there.
1: Well, that's because that was the first week that he's actually done anything. I know. Um, yeah. That was and, crazy. Yeah, I saw this video online and it was like, uh, don't, don't panic trade these players because this is where they were last year at this time and it was like josh jacobs was like running back 28 and he finished last year like running back three and i think we might be kind of at that point where he's about to make that jump so uh hopefully he helps me out a little bit it's a three running back league uh i'm gonna call him out because it makes no sense to me john told me that he has a multitude of running backs and just traded one away and now he only has two in a two running back league i'm not really sure what his logic is there john if you want to
0: I know, and let again, know what's going on there? And, and,
1: and again, when it comes to John, what
0: you must remember is logic has nothing to do with it. He's not thinking about this. He's just—he's just doing right. And there's there's certain amount of respect I have for that. That he's just. Yeah, I mean, I, do love, do. I love I you love know? the
1: activity. I'm not gonna knock the fact that he's making moves and he's talking to people. He messaged me immediately after I said something about the trade that he made earlier and kind of just put some feelers out there, which I love. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just not really ready. sure why you're getting rid of your third running back in a two running back league. He said, "I don't need it." That's what he's he's, he's like. He's looking at. It, he's like, "You on the what? Yeah, I don't need, the I don't bye need weeks, it. happen. Yeah,
0: right. I was like, "What? What? What then? Huh?" But there's got to be a running back somewhere on the waiver wire that that gets touches. Maybe, so. Melvin Gordon, maybe, maybe. So I said, "Gets touches." So there's you know, there's a difference there. Um, all right, but what do we have uh, this week in sports history?
1: Well, kind of speaking of football here, uh, we're going to we're going to stick with that for a second. All right. Because in what year was this? It was here just a second ago. It's gone again. One second. Um, versus technology. Oh, here we go. 1920. The American Pro Football Association. Oh, there we go. The NFL now mm-hmm. plays its first full round of games. Well, there you go. Now, two of the teams that they mention, at least in its first official game, right. right? If you can if you can tell me the names of the two first teams that played in the first official American Pro Football Association game, right? I will give you any magic card in my collection. Oh that's, uh...
0: <laughs> hold on now. Well, I got a feeling that uh Do either guy? I'm going to ask one question. I'm only going to ask one. Do either of these teams still exist? No. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the. Scouts. Against.
1: The red stockings. Take a, take a, i like the, the i like the out there nail, guesses yeah. because it was the dayton triangles versus the columbus panhandles get get the fuck out of here <laughs> well, excuse me the triangles That's what? What it says. What?
0: <laughs> okay so so basically what i'm what i'm getting is instead of colors to discern between the teams the one just put a triangle on a t-shirt and was like we're or the Triangles and uh yeah. better... did they win the the Triangles the, the victor in this one?
1: Um I believe so. Uh oh. Yes, the Dayton no, the Dayton Triangles, yeah, they were the winners. 14 nothing.
0: So do those teams go on to become something else that is now an NFL
1: team, or are they just honestly my vote? best guess would be that Columbus is maybe the Bengals now. I don't know. Maybe. Um uh, Dayton. Maybe they're Good. maybe they're the Bengals. I don't know. They're both Ohio. I both think. Ohio. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess that's why the Hall of Fame's in Ohio and all that jazz. It's the birthplace that's... of football, apparently. Like okay. apparently. What a what a weird state to yeah. be the birthplace of football. Like I like. I'm not saying I have beef with Ohio, but like, yeah, talk about a fucking
1: boring ass state. You yeah, right. Goodness um, gracious. And this next one is gonna lead us into our conversation for the sure day. You know. 1953 Ryder cup golf at Wentworth San Sneed, not to be confused with Sam Sneed wins six of seven matches to lead the U.S. to its sixth consecutive cup win at six and a half to five and a half over Great Britain. Damn. Seven wins. Yeah. God damn. Have a have a fucking weekend. So, yeah. Um, Ryder cup been going on a while. Yeah, Ryder yes. Cup's been around for a Used bit. Used to be good at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Currently not good at it. No. Let's no. talk about it. Yeah, let's let's get into it here. Uh so the Ryder Cup happened and uh you know obviously our 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 discourse um early and you know when we were talking about it on the podcast here was the USA had literally zero chance of fucking this up. They had the depth.
1: Yeah. They had
0: the players. They have uh major championship wins under their belt. They have history at the Ryder Cup. The team's been to together. Try to lose. They would to lose. They would have to put a concerted effort into losing. So Friday morning comes. It is, uh, I believe, 11.30 a.m. local time in Rome, which would have made it, what, 2.30 a.m. Yeah, the times were so weird. Well, it's in Rome, so what do you yeah. Um Rome time zone. Let's see here central european summertime what the fuck <laughs> what, what happens in the winter okay what is it what, what then
1: Uh um, their time zones sound more confusing time. than ours all right so
0: um yeah so if it's it's a six hour time dis, uh, difference so from 11 30 maybe 5 30 here we've been 5 30 in the morning to start Friday morning, which is early, which it is. It is. Uh, I was awake because the dog was awake and I was I was checking in on the on the scores, getting excited. I was like, you want to know what? They're probably, you know, you know, probably two of the four teams are up. You know, it's probably very competitive. Four and three, four and three, two and one, two and one. All Europe. Yeah, not not a great start to the weekend. Well, yeah, what <laughs> happened here? Like you have, we have good teams going out. Like first team out for the United States, Scottie Scheffler, Sam Burns. I'm Should not hold. be
1: losing four and three.
0: Give that to me. You got sauced by Tyrrell Hatton. Yes, I know John Rahm was there. I get that, but Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns lost to John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton, and it wasn't close. The that- first couple of holes. For Scheffler and Burns, they couldn't figure out how to get a point. They never had a lead. They never had a lead. They went down on hole three, and Team Europe never looked back. Yeah, uh, John Rahm, Joe Hatton basically just surgically dissected uh, two of, I would say, the top top three U.S. guys. You know, you could guys ask, I
1: would have expected but, to play better.
0: Right, and and you're like, all right, fine. You know, in that case, John Rahm is, you know, pretty much the other best golfer in the world. Fine, 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 fine. That's that's one matchup. Yeah. Four and three Max Homa, Brian Harmon get smacked around by Victor Hovland and Ludwig Aberg. Now, here's the thing. I warned all y'all that Ludwig Aberg was a stone cold killer. I know he hasn't played on the PGA Tour. I know he's only on the European side. He has no major championships. He's never played in a Ryder Cup. He's never played in a major. Dude's a stick. And Victor Hovland is just Victor Hovland right now. He borderline unbeatable on the golf course right now. Yeah. And you would have liked to see a better fight at a home in Harmon, but that one feels like they were just never going to be in it with the way Victor yeah. Hovland
1: playing. Again, it's they never big. had a lead. Right, They were down 2-0 came back to tie it up and then just lost it right away again on the next two holes. So back to back. Yeah, yeah. they like it just didn't didn't they never got it going. They mm-hmm. got a little bit of momentum back and then they just lost it again.
0: Yeah, the two down tied to two down in a six hole span is emotionally exhausting. Yeah. That's definitely. that's going to that's going to take a toll on you. And hey, to be honest, I think Max Homa we'll, we'll talk about it here in a couple minutes, but I think Max Homa was one of the better u.s players when he when you look at what he was able to do this weekend in comparison yeah. to the rest of them yeah. uh and, and then the the last two matchups in the morning you know shane lowry step straka beating ricky fowler and khan morikawa that should not have been a loss closer should have not been a loss but at the turn they were down four yeah what what is happening I, feel like it's happening yeah, I mean, it was, it was
1: a better comeback because it was it was close yeah, but that should be a win.
0: I mean, like, no, I love Shane Lowry. We know this, right? But no offense to Shane Lowry and Seb Straka. That's Ricky Fowler and Colin Morikawa. Not just any Ricky Fowler, by the way. A Ricky Fowler who has found his swing again. Yeah. And a Colin Morikawa who's a young, exciting, very good golfer. Uh, Just should not have been a loss. And then the, what, this matchup here, the last one in the morning that I thought was going to be maybe one of the better matchups All of Friday. It wound up being that way. But I really felt like Patty Ice and X should have beat Rory and Tommy. But man, it it like they just couldn't get momentum on the front. And they went to the turn down one. And it just it was like they could never find the click. I mean, they got they got to 14, got one back, lost one, got one back on 16, lost it on seventeen. If they had just found that swing earlier in the round, I think maybe they could have gotten a win out of there. Maybe, maybe a half point tie. Yeah. For nothing, out of the morning or the Friday morning.
1: It's a horrible start. That's, a, that's now a what you need to start, start. off with.
0: No. And, and and now now Twitter's exploding, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm on I'm on social media. on Instagram. People are panicking, and for good reason, right? Yeah. There were some good U.S. players in, the, in the, those morning pairings, and now you got to come back in the afternoon and just hope and pray you can make it close because you got shut out.
1: Yeah, um, and I love, I love what we did in the afternoon on Friday. Mm-hmm. As far as pairings go, this is probably exactly how I would have set it up. You have Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth play great <laughs> together all, all the time. Really good friends. Against Victor Hovland and Tyrrell Hatton. Should be a good match. We'll get into the results. Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka. There is not a single matchup in the world that you could give me where these guys should lose. They are two fantastic golfers. Scotty's the best in the world, or he's supposed to be. 100%. Brooks Kepka is still really solid. He's not as good as he used to be, but he's still really solid. They were up against John Rahm and Nikolai Holgerguard. Probably said that wrong. Sorry, I, th- I'm not I think boring.
0: it's I think it's like Hugard or something. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the O with the the slash. Thread. Yeah,
1: Max Homa Wyndham Clark. Decent pairing against Robert McIntyre and Justin Rose. I'm still I still feel like Homa and Clark should take that handily. And then Rory McIlroy matches Fitzpatrick. I mean, we don't see Matt Fitzpatrick a lot on the PGA Tour. Kid's good. Rory obviously good. Colin Morikawa and Xander Schafer should have given him a little bit more of a fight. Yeah, afternoon pairings, the U.S. doesn't still doesn't get a single full point. Not they one. tie for the first three of those, and then Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley get steamrolled by Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick five and three.
0: I mean, they got they lost six holes in a row
1: from two. Yeah, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, what's... what's going on? It's Friday, Friday night. We have zero full points from any of our matches. <laughs> We're sitting. What's happening?
0: After, after the fr- entire first day, the United States has one and a half points. And all of that is from the afternoon. All of it's from the afternoon, and nobody got a solid one point. Nobody rounded out to actually win a matchup. It was just ties. Which so is now Friday's sick. done, right? And the United States is down five to one and a half. Basically, I believe it was like one of the largest margins out after Friday in Ryder Cup history or something like that. Like it, the only thing that could have been worse is a complete shutout. Uh-huh. which, which honestly, it almost was.
1: It basically basically was.
0: Yeah. Uh I especially the um the Spieth Thomas uh Hatton group. I swore Hovland Hatton were gonna take care of business there. Once they once they uh wound up tying it all square on 16 and had mm-hmm. two holes left and Jordan speed looked like he forgot how to play golf. Yeah. I was like, there's no way there's that no, there's no way that they're going to even tie this. They're just good. They're, they're going to get a point in 17, 18 and crown Vic's going to do his thing. And Tyrrell Hatton's just going to continue to just hop along with the best players in the world.
1: Yeah. Um, and just Get carried.
0: Yeah. I, and this is no offense to the European side, but there, there are there guys on this list that a no one's heard of. B, I wouldn't even say they performed that great this weekend. It's just the star players on the European side played like stars. Mm. All of them. I like. I'm yeah. I'm talking and and even like Tommy Fleetwood, who like it's like a fringe European stud, just played the best that he's he's played in I don't know months. Yeah, I, it it's one of those things where. There was clearly one team that was motivated to do a job and one team that just I don't know if they were jet lagged or what, but they know. looked like they just didn't even arrive in,
1: in Italy. And Saturday morning is the biggest example of that. Yeah. You want to take us through the Saturday pairings? Because yeah. I don't even want to talk about this second pairing. Like it it irks me more than you can ever imagine. It's how one this of the, one ended up.
0: One of the most painful beat downs probably in, in Ryder cup history. The first, the first grouping goes out. It's Justin Thompson, Jordan Spieth. Again, you just kind of hope that Jordan Spieth's able to find a, a golf swing again. And they're against Roy McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood. A, um, I believe an undefeated pairing, uh, those two on the, on the Ryder cup. They, uh, they just d- did, they d- did their job uh, every time that they, they teed it up together, uh, immediately JT and Jordan Spieth went down three, three Oh, going into the fourth hole. And then it became a golf match after that. Uh, there was a lot of good scoring. The United States really came back on the, the back nine and still dropped two and one uh, to Rory and Tommy. So now it was a fight. It was a, fight. It, it was a battle. It was a battle, which is great. I like it. But at the same time,
1: now we're losing six to one and a half. And we have yet to have a team get a whole point. But don't worry, because we have once again, the all-star pairing of Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka.
0: Yeah, and there's no way that this could happen twice, right? You got the best golfer in the world, uh, one of the the most uh, when the lights shine the brightest, he shows up the most. In Brooks Koepka, mm-hmm. nine and seven, nine
1: and seven. They you lo- basically just didn't even show up for that. Like you made it two holes out of out of the back nine. I mean, that's just <laughs> embarrassing.
0: They only played 11 holes of golf. This is the quickest they,
1: round ever. And they rightfully so got benched immediately after this. As, as they should have. Was, uh, <laughs> what a horrendous performance. I mean, uh, Victor Hovland, yes.
0: Pretty much uh, it, for me, and again, we'll talk about this in a couple minutes, for me, the MVP of the entire weekend. Um, was an absolute uh, 100%, You could, you could 100%, argue Roy McIlroy played like an animal too, but Victor Hovland was just a, a, untouchable. For yeah. the entire weekend, uh, Ludwig Aberg again just was so good in the way that he he was the only one that when he played with the studs on the European side, like I I noticed him. Uh-huh. You know, like no offense to Tyrrell Hatton or or Step or Shane Lowry, but like I didn't really like if you guys were playing with Victor or John or Rory, uh, I I didn't notice you. I'm the, like n- yeah. non defensive thing. I just did not notice you. Um, but you know, Ludwig Aberg, he showed up to play some fucking golf and Victor Hovland didn't really need it, but he, it was there, and they just absolutely dummied the best player in the world and one of the hottest
1: players in the world. Yeah. Ah. Not not a not a great look. And if yeah. Friday didn't tell you enough how this weekend was gonna go, I think that that matchup there just solidifies it.
0: Yeah, you really didn't have to continue watching the Ryder Cup after the first two rounds on Saturday morning. The writing's on the wall at that point, especially with a, a like a loss of that magnitude yeah. against two of your best players. The, yeah, the, there's almost no chance of you coming back in this one. Yeah, it's a tough comeback. Um, however, in the third one, the United States finally gets a full point out of a team. Max Homa, Brian Harmon... They get it done against Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka. Now that was a that was a competitive match all the way through. Uh, the United States kind of ran away with it on the back, but that front nine was electric. Yeah. Uh, United States up one tied. United States up one tied. United States up one tied. It was it was way back and forth. That was actually a really a really good uh, match to watch, and I think that's when Max Homa really shone brightest to me. Uh-huh. Where, okay, finally somebody on this team has decided. Oh. It's the Ryder Cup. I'm here to try and win. Yeah, let's play some golf. Thing. Yeah. At, look, Brian Harmon, hell of a performance, sure, but obviously did not have you know a great showing at the Ryder Cup. So can yeah. Max Homa carry him a little bit, maybe, you could say, but golly. two two's still good. Yeah, uh, it, we'll take it. We'll take it. You know what I mean? And then in the fourth matchup, you knew it was going to happen. John oh, yeah. Rom, Tyrell Hatton two and one against Patty ice and X just again, another example of two of your better players, just not playing like stars. Like they're supposed yeah. to just absolutely missing the mark at every turn. You know, it, it becomes frustrating, especially after the United States finally gets a win there. You're going into the back nine with this. Rom Hatton can't matchup. And they're down two going into the back nine. And then they're down three after 11. Now what was electric was 12, 13, and 14 when Patty Ice and X finally put it together and won three holes in a row because now we're tied, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then inevitably, 6 they let their foot off the gas, I guess. Didn't uh, They split 15. And then uh, Rahman not score on 16 and 17. Rounds done, two and one. And, and now you're looking at Sunday singles almost an impossible feat. Of attempting to come back in this one. Uh, I believe they were down what? Um, well, we still have Saturday afternoon. All right, sorry. We still... My bad. We, haven't, we still got to get to Saturday afternoon, which did, for what it's worth, go better for the United States. They finally... Yeah. It took the advantage in a uh, in a round of, of, of Ryder Cup action here. They ended they up actually winning.
1: Yeah. They gave themselves a chance. And chance is a very loose term in this situation because... <laughs> yeah. They literally had to win every single matchup, I think, in Sunday singles in order for this chance to pan out. Uh, Maybe they could have lost like one, but they were so far behind that I'm pretty sure that they they were saying, like, if the last pairing of Cantley and Wyndham Clark didn't end up winning, there was just no chance. Like, they literally didn't have a statistic, they didn't have a physical chance of winning. They could have swept out Sunday and still not won. Yeah. So the fact that this is their chance when they go three and one in the afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. Not great. You give yourself a chance. Not a good one though. Yeah. And completely brutal. And honestly, the afternoon on Saturday was very nice. It was refreshing to see them actually look like they knew how to play golf because we had Sam Burns and Kyle Morikawa, a pairing that you would expect to do very well playing against Victor Hovland, who, We'll talk about it. We both agree is the MVP of this tournament, probably. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and Ludwig Aberg. Sorry if I'm saying these names wrong and offending people. I just don't know how to speak and say names in other languages. <laughs> uh, Ludwig. I mean, Ooh. the A has
0: a little fucking halo on top. What are we doing here, people?
1: Yeah. So then those two who were a great pairing the whole weekend. And then we have Tommy Fleetwood and Nikolai. Not going to try to pronounce his last name again. Um, we're an okay pairing, but against Max Homa, who we'll get to, and Brian, Brian Harmon, who is a decent golfer, U.S. should win that one, and they do. Awesome, two nothing, in Saturday afternoon. That's big. That's
0: it. That I mean, you're looking at you're looking at two wins back to back, but also you're like, is it
1: too little too late? You know, kind of, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and we get to the, the Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas matchup, with which. I get, if you're, uh, what's his name, who's making the teams, who's the captain again? I've drawn a blank. Oh, yeah uh, Zach Johnson. CJ. Zach Johnson, yes. um If you're Zach Johnson, I get it. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas always play well together. They're great friends. But guess what? They haven't won yet this weekend. Split them up. Figure something yeah. else out. Bad coaching. And, yeah, there was... mm-hmm. and, I mean, very specifically for these two, the put your driver away thing is disgusting in my opinion and there's no reason that that you should let him make that decision for you if you know you need driver on that hole and he tells you to take through it you tell him to shove it and you hit your driver yeah um just my opinion i feel like that's how it should be uh again they didn't play great they were up against justin rose and robert mcintyre though so like they should have had a chance of taking that one uh unfortunately they didn't so yeah Cantlay and Wyndham Clark had to clean it up and give the U.S. a chance on Sunday, which they did kind of, I mean, thankfully, uh, it,
0: with uh, how they got three wins out of Saturday afternoon, uh, it still kind of surprises me because a lot of the, a lot of the matchups uh, you know, the, the guys on the European side were just playing out of their mind and the momentum was huge. Yeah. The crowd was into it. The guys looked like they were having a good time the Americans looked like the life had been sucked out of them. They they looked like they had forgotten how to golf. They weren't having fun anymore. Um, you know, they had the, they had the fun little mullets when they all showed up on day one. Those looked disheveled and sad now. Yeah, uh, you know it. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Zach Johnson by the way, because there's got to be some questionable coaching decisions. Very questionable, especially you brought it up. Running back Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, not not the choice I would make. I get it. You know, they're especially because they're friends. they're historically yeah. good together at Ryder cups that it's it's their thing. I get that. But also, didn't we bring Justin Thomas in here because he's, quote unquote, historically good at Ryder Cups and he went one, two, and one,
1: yeah. I mean, you know we I mean? said like, it we said it weeks leading up to this that there was no reason he should be here because he's been playing like garbage, and the fact that Keegan Bradley
0: was sitting at home while Sam Burns doesn't do shit either. you know what I mean? like yeah. I, there's not only questionable coaching decisions at the Ryder Cup, but then you just look at the captains' picks, and you're yeah. like, "What if Tony Finau and Keegan Bradley were here?" And you're you like, know? "Oh, we probably should have seen this coming from the beginning." Exactly, and this is this is where you you run into the problems of what you you could consider a popularity contest, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas—they're historically good at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, they were not playing good golf leading into the Ryder Cup. Jordan Spieth was justin thomas absolutely wasn't you got it you got to ride the hot hand and I, i'll always say that about any any sport you know specifically with it i think it's a, it's more of a term in hockey when it comes to a goaltender like yeah is it your starter no but has he topped off three wins in a row yes he has he stays yeah. in the net until
1: he starts to lose yeah. you know like it's the same baseball thing. with your lead off hitter 100 pop bat, get on base get us started Hundred percent. Does Kyle Schwarber strike out a lot? Yeah. Is he hitting under two hundred? Yeah. The dude gets on base. My man the walks. Dude, the dude all gets the time. on base, and the dude hits dingers. And nothing will get a team going more than hitting a dinger in the leadoff spot on the yeah. first pitch of the game. Yeah. Nothing, nothing gets, gets a team juiced up more. Than that. I'll tell you what. Nothing gets the boys <laughs> jazzed quite like a leadoff home run. And
0: they never. The, this U.S. team, how it was built? They never had the chance to get that leadoff home run. Their chance yeah. was. The Scotty Scheffler-Sam Burns group, the yeah, the Scotty Scheffler-Brooks Kepka group, the Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay group. That again, they ran back twice and didn't work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like again, a situation where maybe you put Patty Ice and JT together. You get Justin, you get, you, know, you get um Jordan Spieth and and Xander Shoffley together. So mix it up because clearly yeah. it's not working, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing right now. So yes, Saturday afternoon, they're they're kind of back into it. Things are going a little better. However, you brought it up; they would have to win out the Sunday singles, or at least no something close to that. Right? No pressure at all. Right? <laughs> first match tied. Well, I mean, the day over now. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, is it, from the first match? It was toast, right? Yeah. And that was that was the marquee matchup. And was it good golf to watch? A hundred percent watching yeah. John Rom and Scotty Scheffler endlessly score points on each other. It's a dream was fucking awesome. Yeah. Would have loved to get a US win there though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that when John Rom put the dagger on 18 to tie it. Yeah. And Scotty had a lead from 15 on. Oh, yeah, that one hurts. That one hurt so bad. Oh, you know what hurts worse? Poor Colin Warcow
1: never stood a chance. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and... <laughs> Never stood a chance. Like, we obviously still have all these pairings to go through yet, but I gotta put it out there. Until Sunday, Colin was probably gonna be one of my potential MVPs for the U.S. team. Yeah. Because he was playing some really good golf. He was. But when you lose four and three in Sunday singles, granted, to the guy that we're claiming is the MVP of the weekend... 100 Like, you still lost four and three. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, but, like... Uh... Victor Hovland is an animal. Did, did, could, he, did he lose a match? that I don't think he lost. He did.
1: He did, did he lose lost one. one? Okay. He did lose one. But
0: then did he win three? I don't think he tied at all.
1: No, I don't think he tied. I think he he won three, lost one. Oh, my uh, Saturday, God. Three, Saturday afternoon. 0? Saturday afternoon, he lost to the Sam Burns and Colin Moore Calipari. This dude's a stick. I mean, um, he won Lord. Saturday morning. So that's one and one. Friday he tied, so it's okay, so one one die. and one. So he he went two one and one.
0: Two, one and one. Okay, that's that's
1: that's more reasonable then. Yeah. Well, three one um, and one I guess because of the Sunday single on top right. of that too.
0: So I mean, so, I mean three one and one that's pretty pretty damn good. That's a good. That's, <laughs>
1: a, good, that's a good. That's we're a good not going to see Cup. people shut out yeah. every time.
0: You know, not um, usually. Um, unless you're Dustin Johnson from yeah, the last yeah. Ryder Cup and just whatever that was five and zero oh, that was nuts.
1: Yeah, things um, happen, but
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean a guy are you could argue maybe should have maybe should have been here there's there's a chance i mean right now you're looking at and you're like who who else who's born in the united states and plays professional golf could
1: have been in here yeah at this point it's literally anybody at this point you could at this point you could make an argument for kicking out like four of the guys on the team 100 100 uh and you can even look at like key
0: pieces of this team like Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Koepka, and be like i mean you guys really do shit what yeah, is dang. up with scotty scheffler and uh, like events like this like
1: president i don't know he just doesn't full fly. doesn't show up no it's uh, absolutely brutal uh, i don't know i think maybe he's just like one of those guys that got into golf because it was a it was a single solo sport, sport yep. and you didn't have to worry about a team i don't know i don't i, I don't know
0: yeah, because there's like there's team vibe guys like Justin Thomas and and Jordan Spieth, and then there's just guys that are supposed to do a job. Yeah. And Sky Scheffler's a do-a-job kind of guy, and he just yeah. did not show up at he all. He didn't do a job. Um, to keep moving forward here, uh the United States does get their first win on Sunday. Patrick Cantley takes care of Justin Rose in what should not have been that close of a match. Uh two and one. He was up three going into twelve. And then drops two in a row, wins 14, then drops 15. And, and now we're fucking, we're tied. Okay. Yeah. What is wrong with you? This is Justin Rose. No offense, Justin Rose. You got to win this year. That was good for him. But like, you're Patty Ice. You're one of like the guys that when you put on red, white, and blue, you become a menace to society. Mm-hmm. What's happening? You supposed know? to
1: be. Maybe it's because he forgot his hat every day.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, right, We'll get into hat gate here. Um, <laughs> And then Roy McIlroy, Sam Burns. Uh, Sam never stood a chance. Uh, three, yeah. three and one. That was, that was, uh, that was a foregone conclusion. Max Homa and Matty Fitzpatrick. One up for Max Homa. That That's was, huge. that was, yeah, that was huge. That was, that was taking down a, out a major really, champion in yeah. your one on one. Yeah, I'll take it. That's when Max Homa really solidified that uh, I like this guy on my Ryder Cup team. Type yeah, of thing, you know, uh, definitely in my opinion, the MVP on the on the Ryder Cup for the United States side. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Brian Harmon. Um, again, it wasn't a boring match, you know, not really, but right out of the gate, you're four holes in and you're down three. You yeah. know, that Tyrrell Hatton just kind of took Brian Harmon to to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was not great. Uh, Brooks Kepka beats Ludwig Aberg, uh, you know, like he was supposed to. Um, Justin Thomas beats Seb Straka, two up, like he's supposed to. Zander Shoffley beats Nikolai Hogarth three and two, like he's supposed to. They're fine. Like, they on Sunday, they did what they were supposed to do, but it was way too late. It was way too late. Yeah. They, the, the quality of golf rising on Sunday is good when you have a close matchup. Yeah. You know? When it's been a full-blown failure from the start, and now you're showing up on Sunday – you start wondering what where that was come Friday, you know. What yeah. I mean? Um, Shane Lowry, Jordan Spieth tied.
1: Jordan Spieth should take that one.
0: What Jordan Spieth should take that one ten times out of ten. Yeah. Um, hell of a golf match though. That was actually a really fun one to watch. Um, a lot of scoring in that one, so that was cool. Um, I what I did appreciate as a whole here is I feel like there was there wasn't many matches on the the weekend that were like. Tied hole, tied hole, tied hole, tied hole, tied hole. Yeah. One up, tied. You know, it, yeah. like there was good scoring. There's movement. Yeah, there was. And that, that was that was fun, uh, not in the right direction, but there was movement. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood three and one over Ricky Fowler. The way Tommy was playing,
1: yeah, that makes sense. Tommy Tommy Fleet was just a good golfer too. Yeah, and dude. As he, good as as nice as it was to see Ricky on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. Didn't really expect much out of him this weekend. And like I said before, probably four or five guys that you could make an argument that shouldn't have been there. He's one of them. Um, But three and one could have been worse. It could have been could have been way worse. Yeah.
0: But uh, then the final match, um, Robert McIntyre, Wyndham Clark, Uh, Robert McIntyre, two and one over Wyndham Clark. That one that one shouldn't occur. Um, the Clark should of, win that one, yeah. Not you know based I mean? off
1: of projections,
0: you just that's and and it's also coming off the heels of um, you know, Ricky Fowler's concession to Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I get it, it was like within three feet, it is gimme range, but it's the Ryder Cup, yeah. Make him put that, yeah. You know, like I, I, I get it, you want to be respectful, blah blah blah, like I, like that all makes sense, but you're the second to last. Match of a Ryder Cup where the European side has just taken you to fucking work, speed bag you basically, and you're going to concede on eighteen. Come on, uh, that's, yeah, I don't know about that. That's lo- it's loser energy, and I think that that is something to take away from this entire Ryder Cup is the United States just exuded loser energy
1: from the start. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like I need to compare it. To our Ryder Cup weekend that we had this year, right, where we were we were Team Europe, we were (laughs) going in as massive underdogs in the opinions of a lot of people, and we just had a good time. We had good energy. We did have some good golfers out there, and we ended up winning, not as handily as this Team Europe won, but it just like the chemistry and the enjoyment that you see that people have goes a long way, and nothing encapsulates it more than the picture of Victor Hovland with the trophy and the 20 girls surrounding him. I've never seen someone smile that big. Well, I mean, come on, right? Like, he's he's a single dude. He's young. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I'm just saying I've never seen someone smile that big. <laughs> I'm <Like, laughs> <he is laughs> so happy. And I get it. You just won. You probably wouldn't have been as happy if you just lost. But, like, he had a good time. And yeah. he always has a good time while he's out there. And that's why he's the MVP of this weekend. Because he had a good time. He played great golf. And his team won. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was some fucking
0: tenacity on the European side, man. Like, they were... And Roy McElroy was getting into a screaming match with bones in a parking lot. Like there yeah. was tenacity about they this. They were fired part. up. They were fired up. They were, I mean, let's be honest, they did get speed bagged uh, in 2021. Yeah. You know, United States front. Um, and you know, they they took it, they gave it right back. They they were pissed about it. They got back to work, they went back to the office. They were like, we gotta change some things here, bring in some young blood, which they did. And they played out of their mind, right? It also helps. The European side is always going to have the greatest hype man known to mankind of Shane Lowry. I love watching Shane Lowry with his partner hitting a good golf shot and just watching this Irishman, this just this just this, this very happy go lucky Irishman, just jumping around, screaming into yeah. the, into the world. Uh, it, it, This the vibes were so good for Team Europe and so bad for the U.S. side. Like I get. I get that four nothing to start the Ryder cup is not great, but you got it. You got to get back in there, right? You, you got to try to win the win four back on the sun on the, uh, on the afternoon, yeah. right? Go into Saturday four four. It's like, they never showed up until, yeah. I don't know, maybe Saturday afternoon. They finally figured out that, you know, they were yeah. for a golf competition. It, it was, it was pretty brutal all the way around and nothing, just it pisses me off more than how brutal and god disgusting the the shirts and the color combinations of the european side are it will continuously piss me off yeah so gross i get the european flag is blue and yellow it's not a cool color combination for a polo
1: stop no. it i just really with, like, like a white with the flag yeah. on it or something yeah <laughs>
0: I really like the cream and maroon that they wore yep. on Saturday. That's a good look. Quit it with the the blue and yellow. It's it's gross. It's <laughs> just not. It's not good. Yeah, and look. Am I biased? The red white, uh, red white and blue is the best color combination of all time. Maybe, maybe I'm a little biased, but that's you're why watching Team Europe just speed bag your your guys and uh, just looking brutally ugly the whole uh, yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, just never, never a sight you want to see. Um, what's what's funny too, and I feel like another like reason that this went so poorly. Before we start getting like actual conversation here, is you remember how much fun the twenty twenty one team had, the U S team?
1: Oh, it was amazing. From from, so high,
0: dude, from T box to T box, they were. I mean, we had we had guys shotgunning beers on the course. You had Jordan Spieth. On the side of a mountain, hit a I don't know six seven story tall moonshot chip to yeah. three feet. That Justin Thomas then missed the putt, but we're not going to talk about that. It was an electric golf shot, they were all having fun. Dustin Johnson was five oh no, like yeah. the vibes were so good that I think when you really look at it on paper, it is the vibe the most important thing when it comes to a Ryder Cup.
1: I think, at least for me personally, it's it's the most important thing all the time, right? Like, and I feel like it 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 does ring true for a lot of people that a lot of people do play better when they're in a good mood. Hundred percent. Like, there's not many people that can play better when they're angry or when they're not in a good mood. A lot of people, whether they think it or not, like, there's a lot of people that'll be like, "Oh, I play better when I'm mad." You probably don't. You probably honestly don't. like you yeah. probably play way better. When you're not mad, Mm -hmm. you just think you play better when you're mad because you're always angry at stuff. Right. And it's like, you know,
0: do you when you do the math, especially for for golfers, I feel like once you start having fun is when, you know, the shot becomes loose, everything's kind of flowing together well, you're having a good time. It matters. And I think it matters more than people think you can look at look at it on paper. You know, the United States should have won a lot of these matchups should have won the Ryder Cup the vibes on the European side were way better and look who won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Alright, well, let's talk about the, I mean, I guess we are kind of already talked about it, but uh, MVP for the Ryder Cup uh, for Victor. the European side, Victor Hovland. Uh, I think it just goes without saying, he's been playing incredible golf
1: recently. It's It's been nuts to witness. Yeah, he's really coming into his own as a golfer yeah. mm-hmm. and not even just in this Ryder Cup. Like, we've seen it over the past few weeks and at the end of last season, he's just been playing better golf and Kind of finding, finding himself on the golf course, right? Uh, without sounding too cheesy, mm-hmm. uh, like he's he's finding out how he should be playing golf to win, and I think it's only a matter of time before he becomes one of these top guys consistently. He really has like almost matured, in a yeah. way. You know what I mean? Like he,
0: not that he wasn't like an adult, but like he never really had a well-rounded game and i think it's because he was he was young right like to hit hit the ball far or hit bombs and like the rest yeah. would just kind of figure itself out and he realized on the pga tour that's not how it works you know you yeah. gotta focus on your on your short game you gotta focus on putting and then he did and now and, he's third yeah in the world probably second at this point
1: yeah and he is he is like you said maturing and every time i think about victor Havlin, there's one mo- one specific moment that i remember where I was like, this kid's not mature enough to be playing on the PGA tour yet. And it was, I believe it was 2020 or 2021. Um, they were at a tournament, it was like in around Arizona or something like that. There's cactuses. And he hit a ball and it was in like a bush, like a like a bush or a cactus area. Right. And he had the option to take relief and take a stroke. And instead of doing that, he tried to swing through it ended up being in a worse position. And I think he either ended up tripling or quadrupling the hole. Whereas if he would have taken a drop, he probably would have bogeyed or doubled and been Mm -hmm. able to come back a lot easier. Right. And he just doesn't make decisions like that anymore, which is how I can tell that he's maturing as a golfer.
0: Yeah. I mean, he does. He's no longer the the hero shot kind of guy. He gets gets the job done. He knows that he can, even with a drop, he knows he can make it back later. You know, it's not it not every shot is live or die. He he understands there's a live yeah. to fight another day mentality when it comes to being a, a tour pro, and he's embodying that. It's 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 very yeah. impressive to watch. Uh, on the United States side, um, I'm leaning Max Homa uh, for my MVP. I think he he played the best and also had the best vibe about the way he was playing. You know, it was um, you know, for lack of a better term, it was a real fuck you mentality for Max Homa. Yeah. He he wanted to win every single every single matchup that he had, and you really didn't see that from a lot of the United States guys. It didn't look like they, yeah, no. you know, they didn't hate to lose. Yeah, you know what I mean. They like winning wasn't an all. obsession. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that. What it looked like for Max Homa is he needed those wins. He was like, this is mm. this defines my my season. I need yes. this Ryder Cup, you know. And it was it was cool to watch because the rest of the team kind of sucked the vibes right out of you you know what i mean it was like oh this is boring you're also getting just stomped. so uh what about you yeah i think you said maybe colin morikawa
1: yeah well colin morikawa for uh, up until sunday was at least a conversation for me Mm -hmm. um because it was it was nice to see glimpses of colin morikawa when he was winning multiple majors in a short span, and just getting wins all over the place, and playing like we remember Colin Morikawa two years ago, it was nice to see those things. And he, he did he did play really well the first the first two days in the in the first four rounds, and then it, it just didn't really pan out on Sunday. And right. Max Homa to me was just more consistent throughout the whole weekend, mm-hmm. but Colin Morikawa was a very close second for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did play impressively, which was which was fun to watch because you you haven't really seen that out of him, you know, at least on on tour recently. Yeah, which which was nice, but uh, I, I I do think that Max Homa was probably the better yeah. United States player,
1: which is not a good thing, by the way. When, when Max Homa is your best, like kid's good, but when you have Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, all these guys that are supposed to be top ten in the world all the time. Max Homa can't be your best. No. He it's can't be. when he's your MVP. It's that's not, how you not know. A that's good how show. you know. Yeah. Like if I went up to someone and they didn't watch any of the Ryder cup, they didn't hear anything about it. And they said, who do you think was the MVP of the Ryder cup for the U S and I said, Max Homa, they'd probably say, Oh, so they didn't win.
0: It's correct.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just feel like that's the reaction and that's nothing against Max Homa. I love Max. No. Homa. He's a great guy. Super fun online. Uh, super interactive with fans and stuff like that. But he's just not the best golfer out of the, the 12 guys that were there.
0: No, he's not. Um, He's one of my favorite golfers to watch. Yeah. Like Because of what I like the fuck you mentality that he brings to the golf course, I think is something that's desperately needed for this Ryder cup team to continue to mm-hmm. try to find success moving forward. Um, You know, next year, the Ryder cup comes to Beth page black, right? Right in our backyard, basically up in New York. Yeah um and we'll see if the united states can respond cuz that was that was a brutal showing you uh you know yeah. you you gave it to them in 2021 they handed it right back to you this year what's going to what's going to wind up transpiring in 2025 we'll find out uh one more bit on the Ryder cup here before we talk about the sanderson farm that's right. I get excited people um hatgate i you know it to me it never really was that big of a deal but it kind of seemed to blow up on social media uh it kind of blew up when the european fans started waving their their hat at him but uh to go back to to what it was so patrick cantley uh was not wearing a hat Uh, everybody else was and he was not wearing a hat now somebody tweeted i don't know who it was but it was a golf reporter and he tweeted that um there was a fracture in the US Ryder Cup locker room, and he was, uh, Patrick Cantley was demonstrating his frustration with the fact that Ryder Cup players weren't getting paid by not wearing the hat. Basically, that was, I mean, he said it wasn't true. Everybody on the team said that wasn't true at all. Um, when he was asked about it, like actually after his 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 round after Hatgate, he said it just didn't fit. It's as simple as that. I didn't wear it at Whistling Straits because the hat just doesn't fit. And that's really all it is, and and it probably was that simple. Yeah. But when you see the European fans waving hats at at Patrick Cantlay as he's walking down the fairway, absolutely getting throttled
1: on yeah. on Saturday, yeah, it's a it's a bad bad feel, bad look. Y- yeah. Yeah. And it sucks that nothing these days can be as simple as that. Yeah. And yeah. who knows? Like we're never really gonna know if it is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. If he actually just, if it actually just didn't fit, if he was actually protesting, um, we'll never actually know. But if he says that it's just that it didn't fit, and everybody in the locker room says that there's nothing about the money dispute, and every piece of news says that it's not about the money, and people are waving their hats at him, I'm going to assume it's probably not about the money.
0: Right. Right. And And that, honestly, it was something that I think that the European fans and... And the European side as a whole, you know, took upon themselves to make Mm -hmm. a bigger thing because it was a competitive advantage. And yeah, it it worked. Yeah. I, I, they did kind of fire up the U S boys a little bit, which I kind of liked. Um, they started waving the hats and stuff, you know, whenever one of their, one of their teammates had a good shot or, or want a hole or something like that. And that was kind of fun. Yeah. But it was never going to be enough. You know, you were just so far behind from day one on the entire tournament. it, hard to come back from and, and make that happen. And Zach Johnson said, uh, there's not a rift in the team room. This is one of the most unified teams I've ever been associated with. Unified. Sure. Good. Not so much. Not so much. That was a, that was a complete failure from team USA on this year's Ryder cup. And it kind of yeah. sucks. Cause I was, I was really jazzed about it. And uh, yeah. in hindsight, there was, that was brutal to watch that sucked. Um, but Man, I'll tell you what. If there's one thing that could get me through this, it's it's gonna be the Sanderson Farm. I it mean, is, that's the tournament it's, of the it, year. A, it's the tournament of the year. Everybody knows it. Everybody's is wondering, you know, after the Ryder Cup, one of the coolest tournaments in a, in a golf year. Every two years, you have to wait. Yeah. What could possibly follow this up to keep me excited about golf? And the PGA, the PGA Tour said, "I got exactly what you need." <laughs> I got you, bro. The Sanderson Farms Championship in Mississippi. Yep, <laughs> give me that. I need it now. Let's see if I can find some power rankings here. I don't even know if Rob Bolton decided to to, to do one. Um, let's see. Power rankings. Give it to me. Here we go. Twenty-seven minutes ago, hot off the presses. Ooh, here we go, Rob. What do we got? What's cooking? Holy, it's rough. No, it's rough. There's one guy on here that's going to be his first uh, appearance on the PJ Tour, so that's going to be kind of cool. All right. Uh, that we just we just saw a a, a a ton of at the Ryder Cup. All right, Rick. Top five. Try to put it in order. Um All right, Eric Cole, Emiliano Griot, Bo Hossler, Ludwig Aberg, and Nick Hardy. <laughs> I, I mean, for what it's um, worth, I gotta be honest with you. I know two of these top five. The other three, I have no fucking idea who they are. I
1: only know one of them because of the Ryder Cup.
0: But you uh, know Emiliano
1: Grio, the Argentinian. You yeah. Know it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we got. I'll go Eric. At five, uh Bo at four. Who are the other three?
0: Uh Nick Hardy, Ludwig Aberg
1: and Emiliano Grio. Uh, and you know, I'll go Hardy at four, Bo at three, uh Grillo at two, and Ludwig at one. Yeah, I mean, I don't I had that was the best that you could have. That
0: was yeah, um, for what's worse in incorrect, but you know that that's fine. <laughs> we'll 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 keep moving on here. Um Number five, Nick Hardy. Uh, he's been steady since capture. Excuse me. He's been steady since capturing victory with partner Davis Riley at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans in April, and he's been a force at, at CC of Jackson, is that Country Club of Jackson. T twenty six in twenty twenty one and T five in twenty twenty two with eight red numbers and a scoring average of sixty eight point five. At I- Man, okay. they're, they're, we're just reaching the straws here, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's...
1: there's gonna be literally no arguments for me this week. Like yeah. usually, I have something to say about what Rob's Rob's ideas are. This he'd week, be, I got nothing. I got be nothing. Be on. Let's he'd just hear on what Rob all. has yep. to say. Yep, and that's it. <laughs> Let's just bask in the glory of Rob Bolton's opinions.
0: Uh, number four, Bo Hostler. The uh, 28-year-old is creeping into his prime and his play is reflecting it. Amid the strongest season since his membership debut in 2017-2018, he's risen for three top 20s and another pair of top 30s in his last six starts, T10 here in 2017. Yeah, I mean, sure. those those are stats. Those are that those are now jumping off the page, though. Goodness
1: gracious. Yeah.
0: We're getting excited about a pair of top 30s. That's what That's, we're doing yeah. right
1: now. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> it's not a great follow-up to, to the Ryder Cup.
0: Uh, number three, Ludwig Aberg, a Ryder Cup stud. Uh, he's already proven that there isn't anything he can't do, so why should it be a stretch for him to contend after going 2-2-0 in his Ryder Cup debut the week after the team triumph prev- uh, prevailed at the Omega European Masters a month ago? Uh, yeah, uh, this kid's going to be a fun watch. Uh, he's going to be definitely a uh, a rising star, I think, almost a la victor hovland uh moving i agree his pga career i think it's going to be exciting to watch um interested to see how he does here at the sanderson farm because he just played with the best players in the world now what are you going to do in the flatlands of mississippi <laughs> you know yeah at, uh, at a throwaway tournament that no one's really going to watch um, yeah well let's let's see what he what he can do uh number two emiliano Grio. After advancing to the Tour Championship, it only makes sense that he'd reemerge at Country Club of Jackson, where he's making his fifth consecutive appearance, personal best T5 last year, and a scoring average of 69.63, nice, Nice. in 16 rounds. Yeah, sounds like he's, uh, you know, good at this course. That's promising, you know what I mean? Uh, Number one, though, Eric Cole. Uh, the clubhouse leader for rookie of the year has cashed in 11 straight starts going back four months. The highlight of the stretch occurring just three weeks ago at the Silverado where he led the field in strokes gained T to green en route to a solo fourth. Uh, yeah. Eric Cole is a name that I definitely know, but I didn't know he was uh, having that, that kind of a year. Yeah. So they'd be cool if he winds up winning this tournament, because then I really think he, he would probably be solidified at, as rookie of the year. Um Right on, man. Uh, Small tournament. Cool. Probably could do with the week break, I think, if we're the PGA Tour and we're just getting nitpicky. feel like we don't need the golf this week. Yeah, don't think so. But, hey, we're here now. Uh, As always, folks, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it when you guys hit play. Listen to our episodes. It means the most to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and follow us on our social medias, on Instagram, at tips underscore pod, and on X at FTT underscore pod. Go ahead and follow those where you guys – we will deliver you some golf content as the season transpires. Obviously, it's a little slow right now, but when things pick up in January, it'll be a good time for everybody. Um, and you know that again, it, it means a lot to us that you guys keep coming back week in and week out to listen to the podcast. It means means more than you guys know. So uh, we always appreciate you and uh, keep keep listening, folks. So share with your friends, share with your family. Uh, you know, listen to it
1: twice. I don't care, whatever whatever gets share the list. You know what I mean? Do it,
0: do it. Why not? Uh, And as always, thank you so much. And we out.
1: Thanks, guys. See you later.